This is the American Dream, Dusted Rhodes, son of a plumber, daddy, and you're listening to the Bob Culture Podcast. Gentlemen, welcome back and for the first time ever live from the hashtag Bob Cave. We are here back on the Bob Culture Podcast and we need some good karma right now to you know open from the Bob Cave. And first I gotta introduce the co-host with the most the best smelling human on the planet. We need a moment of Chris right now. No. Please welcome back to the show, hashtag wrestlers love, Mr. Chris Nunez. Mr. Chris Nunez, what's up, bro? How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. Hanging out in the Bob Cave. Yeah, it's pretty, it's coming along, man. It's looking good. I gave you guys a little bit of a tour on Instagram and Facebook Live. We'll get to the shameless promo later. But as I said, we need some good karma right now, bro. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show the conduit of karma, up-and-coming wrestler, the beautiful and talented Miss Kaya McKenna. Kaya, what's up? Thanks for a few minutes. How are you? You guys are so nice. It's so gl- I'm so glad to be here, honestly. I can't wait to talk to you guys. I've been looking forward to it all week, so uh, hope we're going to have a good show today. <laughs> no, thank We really appreciate a few minutes of your time. You yeah, just came you off so much. Um, a great debut at Goddesses. Um, a little bit, you know, I saw a picture after that match with Debbie Kane, a little bit of cheating. We, you and I know a little bit about that story, a little bit of cheating. I digress, but... Um, a little bit of the hooking of the tights there at the end of the match. Your thoughts on uh, your very first match and the way it ended? I honestly was just so surprised when she grabbed my tights. I was like, I'm new, I'm the rookie, you're supposed to be this big badass girl, and like, you have to cheat. You really have to cheat. Okay. I think that that action in itself um, and the way the match unfolded is just very telling in general. So. I'm looking forward to hopefully having another shot at redemption at the next Goddesses show, September 26th in Ocean Gate, New Jersey. So That's right, September 26th. And the Goddesses brand, I mean, I loved that show. It was great. It had a little bit of everything. Um, you know, you, you ladies really knocked it out of the park. What does it mean to you to be associated with that Goddesses brand? I honestly am, like, so excited about it. I think that they have such a good, like, pool of talent for female wrestlers out there, like, and, and so much variety, right? Like, everybody there is, like, truly an individual, and it's just so good at what they do. So there's, like, possibilities for the future are endless for goddesses, in my opinion. Like, there's so many people there that I would love to have matches with, and I think that's incredible. Um, the fans seem to really have a great time when they come out, which is, in my opinion, the most important thing is that it's a good environment for people to be in. So I think the sky's the limit with goddesses. It's only going to go up. I completely agree. And what were the nerves like going into your very first match not that long ago? Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where you have like that, I've been training my whole life for this moment <laughs> sensation. But, you know, at the end of the day, your music hits and you just got to go do the thing. Like, you just have to go out there and do it. You have to be confident in your ability. You have to know in your mind you're going to win, right? You can't doubt yourself or your ability. You have to truly believe you're going to win. And... There's just not time. Like, once you're out there, like, there's not time to backtrack or, like, be nervous or doubt yourself. You just have to go. So, 
I had a lot of nerves the day of, but like when it came time to do the match, like I was ready. I was like in the right mindset. I was a mess driving up there. I was so nervous. But <laughs> I, I like, I like didn't, I couldn't like even eat. I was just like so wrong up and cause I, you know, you work so hard and when I mean, you're really passionate about what you do, like you want to make a good impression and you want to make the fans happy and, and you want to win, right? Like, you know, so you have all of this in the back of your head and it can be very overwhelming, but when the moment comes for you to step into the ring and do your thing, all of that takes a back seat. Absolutely. And hell of a debut. I think I saw your tweet after the show. You're like, oh, now I got to drive home three hours in my gear and all that. It's <laughs> <laughs> that stuff, but it was worth it. I drove home three hours because I brought my mom to my first show because oh, my mom was very all of this so I brought her up there but she had to be back in Maryland and then I had to be back in Atlantic City the next day to help out at another promotion so I literally after intermission got in my car drove four hours back to Maryland slept for maybe three or four hours and got back in my car and drove up to Atlantic City and I was there for two days so now what was uh what was mom's reaction uh my mom was a trauma nurse for like years oh wow so was she nervous for you? Was she has has she ever watched you train, or this was the first time she ever saw you take bumps or anything? Um, I actually come from a wrestling family. Like my family loves wrestling, so my mom was like all about it. Like when oh, I said awesome. I wanted to okay. do it, she was like all about it. You know, just the mom thing of be careful, like it's dangerous, and course, she's right, yeah. it is. So. Of course. But she's always been, like, all about it and been very supportive. I feel very fortunate that my family, like, even my dad and my brother and my aunt, like, think it's the coolest thing. And That's awesome. I feel lucky because there are a lot of people in, in wrestling that pursue wrestling that do not have that familial support. So mm. I would never take that for granted, that they want to come watch me do this. It's just such a gift, you know? Yeah, they get it because this business is such a circus. It really is. Yeah. But it's been very good to us. We we love it. Um, that's really cool that they get it. So, um, not to be cliche here, but let's rewind a little bit. You know, how did you? You know, it sounds like you come from a wrestling family. Um, how did you kind of get your start in the business? Uh, I did see a little bit of that Black and Brave uh, Seth Rollins, a little bit of the training going on there. Tell us a little bit about that whole origin story. Okay, I'll start off. Um, we'll go way way back. So, like, obviously, being in a wrestling family, like I grew up in a small town in Maryland where every Monday night we sat on the couch and watched Raw together and ate dinner, like on TV trays. Like nice. We were that family. And <laughs> I would not ever change that because I just have so many good memories with my family watching wrestling. Um, growing up on the East Coast, I watched a lot of ECW. I liked WCW. Yes. Um, my parents actually would take us to indie shows when we were like teenagers. So Really? That's I- awesome. Yeah, like, when I was younger, like, I say younger, when I was, like, 13 and 14, I remember, like, going up to Philly to see Ring of Honor at the Armory, and so I've always kind of been aware that independent wrestling exists, right? There is a space for it. And, obviously, I've always been a lifelong fan of, like, all wrestling. Um, I didn't realize it was something you could pursue until I was a little bit older. I have a martial arts background. I did competitive martial arts growing up and all through college, and I was at a SmackDown with a friend, and he was like, you know, why don't you do this? Like, you love wrestling. You have the background for it. Like, have you ever thought of, like, trying to do this? And I was like, people do this? Why? You know, like, you can actually pursue this? Because it always seemed like it was very pie in the sky. And maybe that's just because of the era that I grew up in, where you had people like Hulk Hogan that just felt absolutely larger than life. Yeah, exactly. Um, And the cartoon characters. It was there, but it was not what it is today. So it, it didn't seem as accessible or doable. So I never really thought about it, but I was like, you know what, you're right, I'm going to see if I can get in on this. So what I started doing was 
um, I started just kind of showing up at shows. And I would help set up the ring, and I would help put chairs and do tickets and whatever, <laughs> like runs, you name it. And what I would hope is that there would be time between when the ring, when the ring went up and when the show started that I could get in there and like pick up bits and pieces from the people that were there. Uh-huh. So I really tried to use the opportunity of setting up to talk to people and get to know them a little bit so maybe they liked me enough within two hours to tell me something, right? So that was my start. And once I kind of fell into that, I started managing for a tag team on the East Coast called Riot City. And I would go to shows with them. Um, Yes, sick end, Vic Ramone. And I would go to shows with them, and I would manage them in their matches, but I would also still do ring crew. And I went all over the place for like a year. And I learned so much. One of the things that I learned was if I was serious about wrestling and I really wanted to be successful, I needed to get formal training. Like, I couldn't just yeah. keep showing up at shows and, like, begging for straps. Like, I needed to take it seriously. So, um, when I had that realization, I decided to attend Black and Brave Wrestling Academy in Davenport, Iowa. That was this past January. Wow. Not a very long program. They have a system where they get in. Like, Rollins is great. Merrick Brave is great. Crotch is great. They're a great coaching team. Like, all of them have strengths. They balance each other in the right way, which is just such a huge thing, too. Like, you don't leave there feeling anything but confident in your ability to go and work with people and be safe and know what you're doing. So, it's a great experience. But, you know, this guy's like a WWE champion, right? He's doing something, right? You have to admit, there's not many people who can say they were WWE champion. So... It's worth doing. Like, honestly, I would if I had to go anywhere else, I would probably still go to the same place. It's very tough. Um, he runs a very tough school. He has very high physical conditioning standards. But all of that is super important because when you wrestle, you need to be in shape. Because if you're not in shape and you're not ready, you're not going to win. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned Black and Brave. We we had, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with, I mean, a lot of people that come out of there, and a lot of great products coming out of there right now. Uh, Dion yeah. Roosman, the Iceberg, uh, with Russell, are you familiar with him? Uh, at WrestlePro. Um, oh, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Like, yeah. a lot of great products coming out of there. And you said you started it, uh, in January, is that correct? I went to Black and Brave from January to the end of March this year, yes. I was uh, in class 17. <laughs> wow, just like that. And you're already killing it. Um, in the ring so that's awesome to hear now what are kind of your you know obviously you're just getting started here as far as in-ring competition but what are kind of your um, small goals and then your big goals moving forward do you guys really want to know what my goal is right now Uh oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) now we definitely want to know (laughs) i want to have a match in air conditioning okay (laughs) i mean that's that's fair that's fair okay All joking aside, though, um, one of the goals I had myself when I came out of wrestling school was within a year, I wanted to have a match that was on TV, whether that be like an actual match like on cable TV or IWTV. I just wanted to have something that had that degree of exposure. And I didn't box myself in by saying, like, I wanted to work at this company or I wanted to be at this specific place. I left it very broad because then it would open many more opportunities. Right. And I actually met that goal this past weekend so i guess i have to find a bigger goal now can you uh 
can you give us some specifics about uh, what went on this past weekend, or is it is a hush hush right now? I had um, the pleasure of working for PAWD DC Fight Club Pro. They're a promotion in the Baltimore DC metro area that books a lot of diverse talent, which is just absolutely incredible and super progressive nowadays. Because as much as we like to think wrestling is a very diverse, open space. It's not. Like, if you're fortunate enough to be in one of those places in wrestling, then that's great. But there are a lot of places that do not embrace diversity in performers or gimmicks or backgrounds of performers. And I just felt so privileged to be on a show with those people. I had a triple threat match. You guys love to stay tuned and watch Summer Jam on IW. Now to find out the um, how that panned out for me. But it's a great promotion. It's a great promotion. It's home to the Chocolate City Customs Championship, the Pan-African Championship. Um, and I just, I think it's incredible that they create a space for all walks of life and wrestling to be embraced and have a platform. Very, very cool. And just one more question for me about the, as far as the training is concerned, I find it very interesting making yeah, that jump from uh, martial arts to uh, the world of wrestling. Yeah, that's a crazy transition. Was that... Did that make it easier for you? Was it like a, a whole new world? What was it like? I think it made it easier for me in the sense of I had a very strong sense of discipline going into it, which is something that not a lot of people have if they've never done a professional sport or like played a sport in high school, for example. There are a lot of people that pursue wrestling that have never played a sport in their life. So that's that's a big change for a lot of people. Um, I think that was a huge advantage I had. And I think the other advantage I had is I was just used to contact sports. So when you're taking those first bumps, when you're taking the first big bumps, when you're having days where you're beat up and you're sore, like I already had experienced that from prior um, athletic adventures. So it not that it wasn't hard on me mentally or anything, but I felt like I was better equipped to get through that versus somebody who maybe didn't have that background. Like, I knew that there were going to be days where I was going to be sore. I knew that there were things that were just going to suck. (laughs) But I also knew that that wasn't the end of the world and that it's worth it. There's a light at the end of the tunnel and you have to keep going. So as far as like being mentally and physically prepared, I think it did help me in that sense. It made me like not as afraid. Like if that even makes the thing, like I was a little bit more confident and like, okay, this is hard. I, do not doubt my ability to be able to do this and to graduate. So. She's tough. Tough chick. But yeah, everyone watch out. Uh, Kai is coming. What do you got, Nunes? Um, so you mentioned before you grew up watching wrestling, you know, WWF at the time, ECW, WCW. Uh, two-part question. Um, who were some of your favorites growing up? And then you okay. mentioned, um, you know, you would get advice from people and, you know, you'd help set up the ring. Um, who are some of the people you got advice from and what are some of the best pieces of advice that you've gotten, you know, being so early in your career? Oh my goodness. Okay. There are a couple and like, what do you guys want to talk about first? Like, do you want to talk about, let's talk about advice and then we'll segue into wrestlers. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of some really good advice that I have gotten in wrestling because you never are expecting to get it when it happens. It's always very momentary. And I think this is so crazy. So very early on, like before I even went to wrestling school, I sat in on a seminar with Jeff Jarrett and he said that like, no matter what happens in wrestling, there are things you are always in control of. Like you might not be in control of like where you're wrestling or like what you're doing when you get there, but you know, you're always in control of a couple of things. And one of those is you can always become a better promo. You can always 
go to the gym and have a better body and you can always develop your character to have more depth. Like those are three things that are always within your control. And he's totally right. Yeah. That's excellent advice. Yeah. You know, and especially like now in the current times with the pandemic, like that advice has like really hit hard for me. It's like, okay, so perhaps actual in-ring opportunities are few and far between right now, but I can still be in good shape. I can train. I can work on my look. I can work on my promo. There are ways I can better myself as a performer. I don't need to be in the ring to do that. So that's one of those things like I heard early on was like, yeah, yeah, okay. And I remembered it. And then like later on it came back and it was like very, very helpful. You're like, oh, he was right. (laughs) There was a lot of doubt in my mind but that has been something that I feel like I've always kind of touched back on throughout my short career um what else I know that I've gotten a bunch of gems um I actually received um I don't know if you guys know Killian McMurphy he's an independent wrestler out here on the east coast he's very very good and one of the things he told me was like you always want to be aware of where you're splitting and spending your time when you're trying to become a better wrestler so like don't put all of your eggs in one basket doing one thing grinding he's like make sure you're training make sure you're actually doing shows so you get to have opportunity and you get to get better and make sure that you're also like taking the time to like go other places for the sheer purpose of just meeting people and networking. And if you split your time up wisely, you will find success come to you a lot easier. So that's something I've also tried to always keep in mind is like to be very mindful, like where I go and what I do in wrestling and like think about the long game, think about the short game and try not to like just throw everything in one, one hope, you know? So that's been a very good piece of advice. And that's a good thing in life, too. Like, you know, if you're yeah, trying to be to successful... Say, it's very good life advice, not even just wrestling. Yeah, like, let's say you work an office job. It's like, you know, you want to spend time getting to know the people in your office. You want to spend time doing your job really, really, really well, and you want to spend time getting better. So it's like, you can apply that to anything you do in life, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so those would be two really pieces, good pieces of wrestling advice that I have received. Really great. And then uh, just some of your favorites. You know, you said you watched with your family, some of your favorites growing up. Okay, I um I really there's a match I really 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 love, um because my favorite wrestler is Dean Malenko. And the ice oh, man, the Ice Man, nice. good choice. Yeah. Texas Cloverleaf, I like Something it. That a lot of people throw out, right? Um, I remember like when I was in wrestling school, they ask you this question, and like everybody's like, oh, I like Roman Reigns, or oh, I like Randy Orton, or you know, and those guys are great too. Like I'm not saying anything there, but. I was like, when I said that, there was definitely like a three second pause before somebody started speaking again. So, <laughs> but I love Dean Malenko. I think he's a super incredible wrestler. Like, he, really he gets is underrated. it. Yeah, he's so good. He can have a good match with anybody. He was such a good base for the cruiserweights in WCW, really like was. just getting them through their matches with their crazy cruiserweight shit. Like, and just such a sound technician. And one of my favorite matches of his is actually the two out of three falls match he had with Eddie Guerrero. It's on ECW TV in August of 1995, if you guys want to look it up in the network. That, I believe I, it was... I believe that's the match right before they left for WCW, correct? It is. It's the last one before they left for WCW. But, um... Yeah, I think it's August 26, 1995, if I remember correctly. And I only know that off the top of my head because I watch it all the time, so I know exactly where to, like go in and find it right 
but it's just such an incredible display of showmanship really and is. skill. They understand how wrestling is supposed to be. Like they create moments, they create time for the audience to appreciate everything that they do and the skill behind it. And it's such a lost art. So I always like to go back and watch that match because it reminds me of how much I like Dean Malenko and how much I like Eddie Guerrero. I, I mean, love Eddie Guerrero. Honest. He's one of my favorites. And also too in ECW where they're all about like violence and blood and guts and for them to have like a, a technical classic like that and for the crowd to just send them off as they did. It was, it's, it, I haven't watched that match in a very long time. I might have to revisit yeah, we're it. We're going to watch that. It's really, so. yeah, I forgot how good it was. Yes, that's it's it's a good like I said a good palate cleanser, right? When you have all of this crazy stuff yeah, happening, exactly, and yeah. it, takes you, it gives you it takes you back, and then it like allows you to then once again appreciate crazy stuff. So, I, they're all, that's an awesome match. I love Dean Malenko. I love China. Okay, I think China is another person who is Next just like way yeah, and she just I sometimes sit and I wonder. I'm like, if China was. You know, her prime today, she would just be, like, dominating, right? Like, and she was dominant at the time. And people often, like, talk about how, like, the Attitude Era was very regressive for women's wrestling and all of this stuff. But then I look and I'm like, you had China as an intercontinental champion. You know, you had intergender matches. Was it SummerSlam 2000? It was uh, Val, Venus, and Trish against China. Yeah, and Eddie Guerrero, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people, I I feel like that time was very empowering for women, believe it or not. Maybe more so than the Divas era, you know? Like, the fact that they were open to having these types of matches and these types of feuds. Because there was a period of time where you just didn't see that. But also, too, it shows how good she was, too. So good. Have you ever seen her match with Tanahashi? No, I did not. She has a match with Tanahashi on YouTube. You can look it up. It is very good. Okay. You have to us, make a list. Yeah, I was about to say, you're giving us all these recommendations, yeah. so we have to <laughs> we have to keep track. And and I think I might know your answer on this. I like to ask everyone you know, all the time. You say you have a lot of targets and go- uh, goddesses right now, but uh, as far as like your thoughts on intergender wrestling and any other like perhaps male competitors that you want to face on the indies right now? I actually really like intergender wrestling. I am... Five foot nine and one seventy, so I am a formidable opponent to a lot of male wrestlers. Um, I think that there's intergender wrestling that is serious, and then there's like comedy intergender wrestling. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, one of the things that really I like in intergender wrestling is when you have a female that it's believable she could win, right? Like I don't necessarily like like the the giant versus the woman story or stuff like that per se, but I love when you have two people who are very, very good wrestlers, regardless of their gender, and they have a great great match. Um, A good intergender match I saw was there was a match at Beyond between Willow Nightingale and Chris Dickinson, and it was awesome. It is so awesome, and you guys should definitely look that one up. That's another one on the list. It's two really strong, powerful indie performers, right? Like, good talent. But, you know, it, it felt like a match. Like, gender wasn't a big... It was just a very good wrestling match. So I would, I'm definitely open to doing intergender matches, especially with opponents that are formidable to me. So, very well said. She knows, she knows her stuff. She I does. like this one. All right. So, um, more importantly, uh, we've seen some posts on your Instagram and Twitter. Um, I believe you have a dog that's a pug. We're big dog people here. Tell us a little bit about uh, being a dog mom. Uh oh, is he, this happening? Is he giving an appearance? This is. Empress John D. Oh, bring him uh, over, over a little, little bit more. more. Uh, a little bit a little more. more. A little more. Uh, other way, maybe. Oh, wait, yeah, no, you're right. Uh, there, I see him. There see him, him a little bit. She's my pug. 
bits out of my gear scraps. Like she's my buddy, right? What? I need to see yes. that. <laughs> I am. I am a crazy dog mom. We're getting shunned because I woke her up from the nap. That's all this oh, is. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, okay. I gotcha. Well, we appreciate the the cameo. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> is is that is that a mean growl or is that a, a, a saying hi to all the I listeners? I think it's a, keep rubbing me, mom. That feels really good. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. It kind of sounds the same after a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like all the time so like when i was at wrestling school like yeah my mom watched my dog for me yeah i know sorry i woke you up i know yeah. you're really upset we appreciate it's okay. it. yeah thank you <laughs> but um i was so used to just hearing her doing that pug breathing noise at night that like i would just lay in bed and it would be like dead silent and like my roommates would snore but you know um a bunch of boys snoring is not quite as endearing as like a very cute small pug snoring <laughs> yeah. so that, that, that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. And speaking of uh, your Instagram posts, is, as we're doing our homework here, uh, I believe there was a post of you holding like an old school, uh, yeah, one of these kind of like a Game Boy or something. Like I swear that? I didn't pick this to match me, but yeah. it kind of worked out. Yeah, I like old video games. Um, Talk to if this I guy. had disposable income, I would collect them. Um, wait, wait till you see my game room them. tour. Yes, yeah, it's, it's insane. Yeah, I it's pretty, some highlights yeah. of that, and I was very impressed. Like, that was really cool. Um, but I tried to preserve, like, all of my stuff from my childhood. I still have a lot of functional systems, and, like, I have, like, an old Game Boy Pocket, one of the green ones. It's, like, still black and white. Uh, I, don't I, think have, that's the I don't have a Game Boy Pocket. I still have one of those. Um, I play Game Boy all the time because it's just, like, the games are easy and it's relaxing. I don't like hard video games. Like, I don't want to play The Witcher. I don't want to play Dark Souls. Like, I don't want to play anything that's going to make me rage quit. I uh, truly just want to play for enjoyment. <laughs> I'm the same exact way. I just like to pick up and play. I don't want to be immersed in, like, a, you know, 20 billion hour story. Like, I kind of just want to pick up and play. I like story sometimes on video games. No, like, I do I too, love, yeah. I love Mass Effect. I love Mass yeah. Effect. I love oh, nice. Borderlands. Okay. But those were all, like, very much, like, you can, like get through the story and not pull your hair out while playing it, right? <laughs> so that's, that's just my thing. I'm not, like, competitive with video games. It's purely a relaxation thing for me. So I do play a lot of stuff like Zelda and Pokemon and nice. Donkey Kong and whatnot. That's, I was, I was going to ask you, what are some of your favorite Game Boy games? Pokemon. I just actually did a complete playthrough of Pokemon White, and I'm not quite sure which one I want to play next. I might go back and do Pearl. But that was never my favorite one, so I'm kind of like, well. Pokemon Blue for me. Yeah, same here, Pokemon Pokemon Blue. Even though I'm wearing red, it's Pokemon Blue for me. (laughs) Favorite Pokemon? Ooh. Okay, so, like, I was playing Pokemon Blue when I was, like, six or seven years old. So, like, angry that I could not beat the Elite Four with my one Blastoise. (laughs) I had leveled up to, like, level eight. And then, like, obviously I was just playing Pokemon, like, a week ago, and I was at the same space. And I was like, man, I just beat the Elite Four in 15 minutes and wiped the floor with them. God, being old and having strategy is great. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just, like, sitting here, like, just, like, wondering why my one beloved Blastoise is not getting the job done. <laughs> Blastoise. Blastoise is a good one. Can't go wrong. Mine's probably Charizard. Bulbasaur. That's so weird, Charizard. man. Like, the, the, the starters right yeah, there. Yeah, I, I, I always pick Charmander. Good choice, good choice. Um, so, that's like a harder one too isn't it if I remember correctly because it's like the first couple of gyms are just like not meant to be friendly to Charmander no not 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 at all not even yeah. close so uh more, yeah. more outside the wall, oh go ahead I'm sorry go ahead no you go ahead 
No, I was just going to say, um, and that's crazy. I mean, wait till you see Nunez's room. It is insane. We're going to do the tour. Just the fact that I have a red Game yeah. Boy. I don't know many people that have a red Game Boy, so <laughs> there you go. But it, I had a yellow one, but I lost it in a car accident as a kid. Oh, oh man. Yeah. To the, um, went to the junkyard with the car. <laughs> oh, oh that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, but you did kind of mention off air a little bit. Uh, we were talking a little bit. You had, you know, gone through some tough times and, and gone through some injuries um, you know, I guess of the martial arts and whatnot. Tell us a little bit about uh, some of those injuries and kind of recovering and coming back and you're still, you know, in the ring and doing that whole thing. Tell us a little bit about all those obstacles. I actually have been fortunate to not have had a ton of crazy injuries, right? Um, I try to be very mindful of my body. I try to train. I try to do a lot of yoga and, you know, and be like have good mobility per se and i think that that's very key in injury prevention is like having mobility not having strength not having speed not having prowess but simply just having good mobility and a good range of mobility like that will prevent a lot of injuries so i've been pretty fortunate that i've not had too many crazy injuries with the occasional like you know broken fingers broken toes like that type of stuff like yeah yeah yeah, another day at the office. So, um, I did, I was an ISKA competitor in Ishinru Karate, and I was an IBJJF competitor in, um, in America. I competed in tournaments such as the Boston Open, PANS, the Miami Open, and I tore my rotator cuff in one of those jiu-jitsu tournaments. And it wasn't like somebody like ripped my arm out and it was this savage moment, right? I think that when you do combat sports for a very long time, because I had started as a child, right? Like I started taking Ishinru when I was like eight. So I've had a long history of combat sports and there's just wear and tear on your body. And I think that that particular joint on that particular day, was like, I'm out. And <laughs> it went. And I had to go have my shoulder fixed. I tore my biceps tendon and my labrum. Oh, so right. I had to yeah, it was pretty wild. And I had a six, seven-month recovery period on that. And I went to physical therapy, like, every other day at 8 in the morning, like, for months. But I will tell you, if you're an athlete and you have an injury, like, go to your physical therapy and listen to your PT. Like, the stuff the human body can recover from is absolutely incredible when you put the time and effort and work in. Like, exactly. I'm sure you've seen it. Other professional sports, such as like the NFL, when people like will blow their knee and then be back in four months, like oh hey, no problem. And how that happens is truly just by being a dedicated athlete, being dedicated to your recovery, eating well, getting your sleep, you know, doing your physical therapy, like not just like hanging out. Um, I would do what they obviously I would go to physical therapy and do that, and then they give you like I'm sure I don't know if you guys have ever had any kind of like orthopedic injury but they give you like a list of stuff you can do at home to like support the therapy and I would do that every morning when I woke up I would do it at therapy I would do it before or like at the gym right before I did my workout and then I would do it at night before I went to bed and if you stick to that regimen I truly believe you can overcome dedication injuries. I love it you talk about yeah um, you talk about working out and eating right and all that stuff, but you did a, a recent Q&A with fans on Instagram, which is great. I, I had so many questions, but I'm like, I got to save some for the interview. Um, you talk about being a big foodie, you know, but you're in fantastic shape. You look great. Yeah, that's us right there. You look fantastic. You're putting in the work. Um, yeah, really good. 
But uh, tell us, like, how you're able to maintain that balance. You know, I know you were saying you like barbecue, uh, you're a big donut person. How are you able to kind of find that balance? I think that the biggest thing that we all lose sight of in our fitness journeys is just having a healthy relationship with food. Like, no food is the enemy. Like, what you need to learn to do is control what you eat. Yeah, like, how control right? Like, so, like, or just be aware of what you're eating. You don't even have to control it. Like, if you wake up and you want to eat a box of donuts, like, go for it, right? But then just be aware, okay, I ate a box of donuts. I probably shouldn't have pizza for dinner. It's like... It happened to me last night. I had a whole big piece of cake. I was like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm, um, I also, um, obviously, I went to Black and Brave, so I'm, I do a lot of CrossFit. That's a big part of my workout. A lot of compound lifts. And I do do some, like, body guy stuff, like, just generic bodybuilding stuff. I tried to do a very rounded workout and I tried, to, I used to be one of those people that would like die in the gym for like two and a half hours, like every day. And I just realized that that sucks and that's no way to live your life. So now I get a goal that I'm out of the gym under an hour. Yeah, I try to do that too. Yeah. Well, when the gym's open. Yeah. Not be obsessive. Like you don't want to be obsessive with your fitness. You don't want to be obsessive with your food. You don't want to be obsessive. You want to be healthy and being healthy is doing a reasonable workout at the gym eating reasonably, like having the donuts, having the cake, but also having chicken and potatoes and broccoli and like healthy things, right? Like, so that's one of the things I do is I just try to be aware of like what I want to eat when I want to eat it. Like I'm going on a trip and I know I'm going to want to eat a bunch of shit. I'm like, all right, okay, let me eat clean this week. So when the weekend comes around, I want to just like, <laughs> barrel and get like three vegetable plates. It's okay. <laughs> I get so it's just kind of just having some self-awareness and like, and being kind to yourself. Like, like, don't, if you do eat a box of donuts, it's okay. Just keep trucking. Like, it's not going to, like, don't blow the whole day out, but don't, like, don't let it discourage you. Yeah, don't beat yourself up over it. really good, okay? Like, I love donuts. Ooh, what's your favorite donut? Like, favorite? Um, nice. I got a couple, so I if love you a say French all crawler. of them, I understand. <laughs> I know. I love a French crawler. Oh, I like okay. Them. Strawberry frosted. But with no sprinkles. Oh, okay. See, I usually have sprinkles. I got you sprinkles this morning, bro. I got you. Yeah. Bit of right and now. And I love... What else? I really... Okay, so, like, I live in Maryland. We don't have Tim Hortons here, but through wrestling and just many ventures, I've gotten to go to Tim Hortons a few times in my life. And they have this donut that is, like, a glazed donut, but it has, like, this maple stuff mm. on top. And it's not, like, a frosting. It's almost, like, have you ever had, like, the maple candy that, like, melts in your mouth? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, like, okay. I have to work, like, in Vermont and Connecticut and stuff. It's, like, if they had, like, this gooey maple candy that they just put on top of this uh, donut. And it is, like... Are there some more so... down here? I had it once in Canada, but, like, she was saying more up north. I don't think I've ever had Tim Hortons. It's good. I'm, I'm a bad person like, for don't that. Live in Michigan but I've never seen them. I think West Virginia randomly has one, <laughs> but yeah, but I was really, I was like, I was supposed to do a trip um, a couple of weeks back, but the pandemic just decimated this trip. I was supposed to visit some friends and do some training and whatnot. And one of my stops was in a place that had Tim Hortons. So I was really excited. And then it just all like, I was like, ah, no, no donuts. Oh my God. <laughs> Like I was saying, um, next time you're back in Jersey, uh, you know, before you head to Ocean Gate, maybe next time for Goddesses 2, shameless promo. Uh, shout to Billy, Charles, Tony. Uh, Goddesses is great. Goddesses 2, I can't yeah. wait to see what's in store. But anyway, when you're on your way to Ocean Gate, uh, if you're back in Asbury Park, you get a stop through. Uh, Purple Glaze, good friends of ours. 
fantastic donuts, like the cake donuts, and they have like yeah, they have gummies and sprinkles and, and, and s'mores. Oh, those are so good too. It's like all all amazing. Pop places. Oh, yeah. so bad. <laughs> maybe, we'll, maybe we'll bring you some next time. Maybe we'll yeah. bring you some. We'll see what we can do. Um, for sure. But you do it all. You know, you're uh, in the okay. ring, martial yeah. arts, you're a foodie, you're putting in the work. Um, I hear you do a little bit of graphic design as well. You know, we got a bunch of logos and stuff here, but uh, I hear you do some graphic design as well. I do. I, um, I went to college for graphic design. I have a, I have a BFA in graphic design and a minor oh, wow. in photography. So, oh, really? Um, outside of wrestling, I work as a graphic designer in political communications. So oh, wow. trying to make sure that people in this country have rights, because that's a big thing right now is people having rights, just rights in general. <laughs> that's important. Yeah, for sure. Did you ever do anything with the photography uh, element at all? Um, I used to do a lot of like, I was, a, I grew up at the beach, so I was real big into skateboarding and surfing growing up, so I used to do a lot of like skateboarding photography and stuff, not so much as I've leaned more into graphic design, like it's a skill set I still have, um, like when I was learning to wrestle or like just going around, one of the things I would do to kind of get brownie points with people was just take promo photos for them, so... I have the skill, but it's like, I just, I've not really leaned into it too much these days because wrestling and graphic design has occupied so much of my time. But I love photography. I think it's wonderful. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. Something I've been very interested in. I, I cover all these events and I do the write-ups for the shows and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm taking cell phone pics. I'm like, I really need to get a camera and, and learn yeah. about this and how to do it. And But luckily, you know, it's a great community. Everyone always pitches in. So that's that's what it's all about. Uh, Miss McKenna, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. Just a few more questions. You know, we want to be very respectful of your time. Um, I wanted to ask you this, and I did kind of ask this a little bit on the Instagram uh, feed, but just for our audience here, I, I talked to you about a team or a dream tag team partner where you kind of went on about more of a faction idea that I thought was very Ooh. interesting. Tell everyone about your your idea here. Okay, so, like, one of the things, if I if, if I had the pencil, right, like, sometimes we have these moments in wrestling that if I had the pencil, if I had the pencil, or if I could just convince someone to let me do this, I would think it would be really cool, since I am a good witch, to have, not a tag team, but a stable that was a coven, and it was, like, all other females that had any kind of ethereal or supernatural-type gimmick to them. And then there would be, like, um, two women in that stable that could contend for tag titles. And there would be a female in that stable that could contend for a women's championship. And then there would be a female in that stable that could contend for an intergender championship or a championship that's typically held by men. So um, uh. and just kind of eat all of the pieces that you need. Because like, you don't see a lot of, like, female stables, right? Like No, you really don't. I mean, no, I guess um, AEW tried to do something with, like, the Nightmare yeah. collection. Is that what it was called? And it just it didn't seem to really catch on. But I think there's a lot of potential there to have a stable of strong females that just come in and run the show. Like, that would be great. I like it. I'm trying to think. There's so many great wrestlers, especially in Goddesses. I'm trying to think, like, who would fit that yeah. mold. Um, that's I would love to, like, maybe I'll put some feelers out on the Twitter machine, right, and see if anybody's interested in doing this. Okay, interesting. I, I may I may have a hand in, in some pencil stuff later in October, but I'll let you know. But anyway, uh, but that's a cool idea. I really, really like that. Yeah, and, it's very different. Yeah, and, and Miss McKenna, thank you so much again for a few minutes of your time. Before we get out of here, um, just kind of anything that you'd want to say uh, to the fans that miss wrestling right now that are, are struggling with this 2020. Any, any messages for the fans right now? 
my biggest message is, especially as somebody who's very new, is I appreciate you guys like rallying behind me because when you guys rally behind me, it keeps me going. It makes me want to get better, to train harder, to like get out and be more places so you guys can watch my matches. And it also gives incentive for other people to look into me. So like truly without your support, like I would not have had the opportunities or success that I've managed to conjure up here in like four months right out of wrestling school. So I really, that support is so important. But the other thing to remember right now is I know that we're all very, very restless and we all want to get back to like doing our grind and wrestling, but be smart, wear your mask. Like, and it's okay to go to wrestling shows, but be smart when you go to the shows, like go to shows that are enforcing regulations for you to make sure that you're safe, you know, Go to shows that make people wear masks, that take people's temperature at the door, that set up your seat at a comfortable distance from other people. Like, you can still enjoy this thing that we love, right? This wrestling thing that we love. But just be very smart about how you do it. Um, Don't be so desperate that you put yourself in a bad situation, you know? Um, But continue to support us. Um, A great way to support us is just talking about us, interacting with us on our social media, like... All of that stuff helps build us up for when this comes back to be better and stronger than we were before. So that's my message to you guys. Very well said. And uh, absolutely, tell us about, we're all about the shameless promo here. Tell us about the social media. I think I also saw some merch in the works. You know, we have our 8x10. We're, we're blessed with some good karma over here. Um, so we appreciate it. That's why you're a first guest. We need it. We need some good karma to get this thing rolling again. Um, but tell us about some of the merch that's coming out that you're working on and where everyone can follow you. Okay, so my um, Twitter handle is at Kaya, K-A-I-A-M-C-K, and my Instagram handle is also at Kaya, K-I-A-M-C-K. Um, I tried to make it very easy for people to not have to look all in on all the different places. Um, in marketing, this is called the Omni-Channel approach. It's, it's making everything cohesive, right? So those my, that's my Twitter and my Instagram. I'm not super, I'm kind of new to Twitter, so I'm like still kind of feeling it out and testing the waters a little yeah. bit, but um, I'm very active on Instagram. I try to update my stories with all my travels. So please follow me there. Um, I answer, if you message me, I'll answer your questions. I try to interact with everybody. It might take me a couple of days to get back to you, especially with my job outside of wrestling and it being a very busy election season, but I will get back to you. I do have merch. Um, I have 8x10s available right now. I also have spell nice. kits for peace nice. and tranquility. I have, um, coming in two weeks, I actually have some stickers in the works, and I have two t-shirt designs that will be available. So okay. if you follow me on social media, I will post them up when they get in, and you can order them through there. I will ship them out to you, and everything will be really all right, so we uh, to start to make it full circle, and we, we started the interview with you know advice. Uh, even though you're very uh, early in your career, what advice do you have for any up and comers uh, as far as wrestling, um, life advice? You know what what advice do you have for for anybody? Go to a good school. There are plenty of good wrestling schools out there these days. Um, and then the other thing is like. Even when you have those days where you feel like nothing's working out for you, or it's a bliss, or you're in a pandemic and you're stuck, um, just try to find like one little thing to keep yourself moving. Um, it's not a race; it's a journey. So, you know, get your good training and just, just you know, show up and meet people and talk to people. And even if you can't like physically meet people in person, like don't be afraid to talk to people on social media. Because a lot of people are a lot more social than you would think. Like interact and engage. Like, yeah. let people. 
you're there. Like, even if you can't physically show up and put your face in front of them in person, you can still let people know you exist. So get your good training and let the world know you're here. In a good way, of course. <laughs> wow, very well said. And on that, yeah, very well said. We are, we are not worthy. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Ms. McKenna, thank you so much for a few minutes of your time. I uh, really enjoyed talking to you. And uh, we're excited to see you at Goddesses 2 moving forward. And just uh, continued success moving forward. Thank you so much. Of course. I can't wait to see you guys, too. Make sure you come say hi. And i have some goodies for you, okay? Oh, okay. Oh, can't wait. Awesome. Right. I'm excited for that. And guys, like we always say here on the BCP, stay safe, stay positive. Take care of each other. We're out. Peace.